January 24th, 2023. <laughs> to my left, AP18 himself. Alex, how you doing? Hello, everybody. To my right, G-Dub himself. Garrett, how you doing? Doing good. Wednesday Comics Podcast. My name is Marvin. Here joining you on a nice rainy afternoon. Night, excuse me. And uh, Alex is walking with a fedora on and a cane. Uh, Garrett's next to him in a vest. Uh, <laughs> In a nice tie, and I'm behind both of them with a with a fucking duster on, and looking like I'm out of uh, 20 years out of age. But here we are, Wednesday Comics, talking about uh, we're gonna talk about newborn later, uh, crying, newborn, uh, newborn, uh, <laughs> a, a detective story, That's, uh, eight issues in the first, and we're gonna talk about some other things about. It. Remind me about that when we get there, about what happens with nine. Um, before we get there, actually, we'll tell you some comics coming out this week in which I actually didn't pull them up yet. Where's my fucking phone, you piece of shit? Here it is. Um, but before we get to that, let me go ahead and uh, call up our, our person in the field. <laughs> See if he answers. Because we had to talk to him about a little bit of something about something that Alex uh, will not like, but... Must be Star Wars. I imagine so. I don't care about it. I even had someone at my job ask me about Star Wars and said, I don't care about Star Wars. It's like, is that yeah. thing where they spread their two fingers apart? With their thumb? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this guy. Well, then, uh, then he put that second finger down and just flipped out the first one. I was like, oh, okay. <clears throat> wow. Well, that well, no good. We- well,. Br- here, do you ask me because we're basically in the same hive mind, So Yeah, I guess, yeah. I, we did try. We did try. So when he hears us back, no, we did try. Uh, Garrett, we, I was going to talk about the... Oh, here we go. Oh, there he is. Hashtag guest host one. Hashtag guest host one in the building. Let me tell you, you were chasing on a lead. That's why it took so long. Is that correct? Because I was what? Chasing on a lead. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I got your... Hashtag Guessos One has got your Academy Award nominee roundup. Wow. How did you know exactly why I was calling you? (laughs) I had a feeling. So here we go. I did call you for that reason. Uh, Not to talk about all of them. Obviously, we're not a movie podcast, uh, but we will talk about some interesting things I find interesting about this. Uh, 95th Oscars, which will be held on the 12th of March. Uh, Nominees were announced today. And uh, let me just go to like the first thing on the list here that is uh, comics related, and we'll kind of swing back and forth here, uh, Corey. Sure, sure, um, sure. But I see uh, Angela Bassett was uh, nominated for Best Supporting Actress uh, in a very, very tough – like a Best Supporting Actress is pretty tough this year, um, especially with the uh, Stephanie uh, Zoo from Everything Everywhere All at Once. Right. Um, and so, like, but Angela Bassett, probably one of the greatest performances in any of the Marvel movies, I would say. Uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Yeah, I saw that one there. So it's like, hey, we'll have to see how that shakes out. She did do a great job. So, And also, I think Jamie Lee Curtis was good in that movie. But she's it's, it's a, for a nomination. You know, not Oscar worthy. Oh, she was so funny. And that she was, was really she was funny. She was good, but like, yeah, I mean, she, uh, I don't know. She was, but can I just, can I just blanket say that how impressed I am actually 
where I'm like, whoa, the Academy Awards are putting actual movies that were like wide stream in theaters. There's like three to four that of the best picture nominees where I'm like, these were in the theaters, like wide release, not limited release for some of these. Indie I do movies. have them right in front of me here. We will talk about that in a second. Let's not get ahead of it. Sorry, us. sorry, I'm getting. Uh, You're getting too excited. We'll get. We'll hit them with the actual movie talk uh, last. That way, Alex can uh, know when to stop listening. Um, oh, okay, I, I already stopped listening. <laughs> Uh, if you didn't say his name, he would have fallen asleep. You said Oscar nomination, they went, <laughs> So, it best uh, visual effects. Um, the Batman got nominated along with Black Panther also. Um, Black Panther 2. Uh, and the Batman, not really. I mean, it's, there's a lot of practical stuff there, but I guess it still is visual if there's explosives and shit. Um, we know Avatar is going to win. Do you think so? Oh, you, you think win. what's going to win? Avatar. Yeah, I think so. That movie was... It like was. it's just a whole other level of visual storytelling, you know, where we're getting CGI. Like, uh, hey, well, kind of forever for however it was as a movie, the visuals, you know, we've talked about it. They fall into the mid CU category, <laughs> and you can definitely tell when you go see Way of Water the level of care with the visual effects. I'm not saying Black Panther's visual effects were awful. I'm just saying Way of Water. Was I did better. think anything to do with uh, Namor and his people. Actually, no, not right. even that. Just Namor looked good. There were some yeah. CG in that movie, though, that I was like, Jesus. Like, you can certainly right. tell that like they are at full capacity on that front. Which, actually, at post that movie, they've, they've announced, Kevin Feige announced that they're going to do some reshuffling. And focus more on quality versus quantity again, mostly right. because we have our boy back in charge over there, uh, right? And at Disney, so like things are changing. So I, I, I that hopefully will, uh, as you say, Corey, nobody, not me, you, the mid maybe might go back to uh, you know being at what what it once was. I do agree with you though. The neighbor stuff that was the better visual effects. I'm not talking about uh, the CGI monstrosity Ironheart armor. <laughs> <laughs> oh my and god! The, and the Blue Beetle Power Rangers over here. I was going to say that that's the scene I was in particular talking about. That scene's pretty rough, uh, yeah, visual effects wise. But right, uh, the one where like her Mach One or Mach Two or both. With that big battle at the end, it's just like they didn't have time to do any of them fully. So like they yeah. all look like they're just like uh, animated jumping around and stuff. It doesn't look real. Right. What you can see now on Disney Plus, if you want to see if you agree or disagree with us, but. Uh, oh, that's true. Uh, best picture, as as Corey alluded to a little bit earlier, All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar: The Way of Water, The Banshees of what is that? Anishirin, Anishirin, uh, uh, Elvis, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun, Maverick, uh, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. So what you were referring to, Avatar, Elvis, Everywhere, Everything, All at Once, The Fablemans, and probably Top Gun are probably movies that uh, are more wide uh i feel like the fablemans is because it's basically steven spielberg's uh autobiography kind of um uh, i'm like, excited to see that i feel like that that is like a normal choice for them even though that one is wide and it has a more broad appeal uh, i feel like they think it's steven spielberg so put it on there but i will say uh avatar being on here maybe is not so new because the first one was nominated uh, Top Gun being on here, and I, re- I recently watched the movie. I don't know if we talked about it yet in the podcast. Um, oh, be careful. 
but that film does deserve to be in this list. Yeah, okay. it does. Thank you. You had me so nervous it there is, for a second, Marvin. It literally is so good, it makes the first one better. Right. Right. I, can't I think say it that. honestly deserves it. Like, I loved everything, everywhere, all at once, but I still think Top Gun deserves it. There's, there's something, and I think, Alex, you ever seen the first Top Gun? Yes. <clears throat> I, there's something about that second one that um, it's been a while since you had such a. a a well-made movie that, like, also, like, the action and the, the story and, like, there's no real enemy. There's an enemy, but it's very nameless enemy, and it's more about, like, the relationships between these characters, but it's still action-based. Like, normally nowadays, what we go see, like, Fast and Furious, there's no much, much beyond the action. That movie has everything. Right. Like the script is fucking tight as hell. The the direction is amazing in that movie. The, some of the shots they get, I'm just like, how the fuck did you do this? Uh, and, and you can certainly see that in all the behind the scenes stuff that they put out. But um, um one second, Marvin. Uh, um, who's eating the potato chips <laughs> right say, now? Say, who <laughs> is crunching two Legos together? Uh, um, Nothing. but everything. Everything everywhere all at once, I feel like. And uh, Elvis a little bit, I guess, but Boss Lerman kind of sticks up there every once in a while. But uh, they're just very unconventional uh, ones, especially everything everywhere all at once, like the kind of cult explosion that it had going from being a movie that nobody really had on the radar. Some people, not everybody, right. but and then now becoming like a movie that everybody has seen. It has the legs of of any movie this year because like it, it was in theaters forever and everybody's been watching it and it's a thing to be like hey i watched that movie um i think know. michelle yeah will win best actress she should i think you give it to top gun or everywhere everywhere everything all at once because it's They're like, not best picture i'm talking about best actress no i know i'm just saying you think you give it to one of those two just to be for what you said Corey, for the sake of let's make like those are great movies and they're popular movies right so like i can't i can't I'm gonna I'm gonna watch as many of these as I can, but I gotta say it's gonna be hard to top those two movies. Well, yeah, because you know it's like that's the craziest thing. Like this year, I'm like I'm excited because it's like oh, some of these popular movies where before it's like they always have eight to ten random indie movies that nobody's heard of, and you just have your lead actor and whatever, whatever. I'm like, where's the popular movies? Why are you doing these? It's a, that's a whole commentary on the Oscars. But. I would also say, I would also put this out there, a blanket statement. And Alex, I need your, you also to agree on this. You possibly disagree on this. I will say anything we don't know. Personal, anything personal, uh, personally about the about Tom Cruise or anything about that, I don't know what the fuck, whatever. We're just talking actor in movies. This man, has he ever had like... In the, I mean, he's been on a roll since I would say Mission Impossible three, like oh, absolutely. you know he's like he's putting all he can into making that a good movie as long as with everybody else. Like he's, did did Mission Impossible three come out before the remake of the Mummy? Okay, that's the only flop yeah. he's had. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah, if we can't blanket right, right. it because there was a a shithole. Uh, yeah, but that was the same there. year. That was the same year Fallout came out, so still he had a successful year. <laughs> yeah, that one. That one canceled that one out, Alex. You know, it's, yeah. it's kind of like when Black Panther, you know, fights his his cousin. Uh, the best one comes out of that, and so you know, they fought each other, and he still the uh, Fallout survived that year. So, 
Um, I will say I saw Risky Business for the first time like last month. What? He's good at that. You've seen Risky Business? No, I've seen Risky Business. It took you your entire life to watch that movie. What's Risky Business about? Give me the plot in one sentence. (laughs) (laughs) Tom Cruise's parents go away for the weekend, and Tom Cruise wants to get it on with this hooker lady and have a okay, nice party. That was okay. a one <laughs> sentence. I, I thought you were just going to say, he slides in the living room with his underwear on. Well, that's obviously the most iconic part of that. Well, actually, the part where the girl's dancing, too. That's uh... Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Might be a little better than Tom Cruise. <laughs> I will say, though, that, but, but isn't it amazing, besides the money, which is a good thing that you bring up here, Alex, because that's like a licensed thing that he went to go do, Versus like him owning like t- like the Mission Impossible thing is like his thing. He chooses the director. He chooses the writer. It's Top Gun Maverick was his thing. Like, um, and it, maybe that's the reason why. Because I was gonna say it, uh, he's like the actor. I'm surprised isn't in a Marvel movie. Like they didn't reach out to Tom Cruise. Like how do you not go for the biggest star? Did they, you afford him? I thought the rumor was that they did go for him in uh, uh, Iron Man. Like he was one of the contenders. Well, I feel like that's well, always been a rumor for a long time. I don't know if that how concrete that is with the with the new right. establishment, Kevin. Mm-hmm. But I'm seeing yeah. like Tom Cruise, like even I guess technically, but even Brad Pitt is in a Marvel movie. He's in Deadpool <laughs> too. Uh, yeah, <laughs> best so, cameo ever. So like, even Brad Pitt's in that movie. How does how did they miss Tom Cruise? George Clooney, I understand. He tried Batman out. And obviously he got scared away. Doesn't want to do it again. It's not his bag. And really, he doesn't. Those really... those, those bat nipples were razor sharp. So, <laughs> and, but Tom Cruise, I don't think has ever been really in that world. Um, as you stated, Gary, like there were rumors, but I don't know if there's anything. But he said, you know what? Let me go do one of these movies. I think though, do you have him be uh, a Tony Stark? Or is he he's too old for that. I feel like. Um, I don't know who you would be now. I mean, Maybe. But just picture Nick Fury. Picture Superior Iron Man, though, and I could see him rocking that. If they do the multiverse, they could bring. I mean, Nick, like, look at him in Valkyrie. He's got an eye patch, and he rocked it. Yeah, I guess that's not a bad call. I actually was thinking about that when we talk about our book club book later. Um, uh, on this issue, I was looking at, it, I was like, wow, like. Who would play this guy? I actually was thinking about that. And Tom Cruise is not a bad call. It's not a bad call at all. Not a bad call. Uh, Corey, anything else that you were scoping out before? I know you got the Oscar news. I know you already know who the winners are. You're going to wait. You want you want to hold the suspense. Um, uh, but I, One thing I was surprised that, um, you know, that Brendan Fraser, that the whale wasn't nominated for Best Picture. I thought with all the buzz that it would be. Well, I, isn't he, this the one that he's not going to because the – like no, that's the, golden, that's the Golden Globes. Oh, it's the Golden Globes? Okay. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he is nominated, Brandon Fraser, um, for yeah. Best Actor. He, Corey's yeah. just saying the movie's not nominated. Oh. Wow. Well, Jonathan only so K. Many Kwan spots. for Best Supporting Actor. I'm like, let's go. I love him. Yeah, yeah it's great. So, Brandon, but I'm trying to the the octave any... in his voice has not changed in 30 yeah. years. I'm trying to think if there's any like superhero news, though. Really, not much. Ant Man still on the horizon. Quantum Mania yep. tickets uh, on sale now. Tickets on sale now. I don't know if there's been any kind of news recently, but um, 
Oh, there was. Uh, <laughs> we can talk about this. Uh, Jason Momoa leaving a meeting. I don't know if you guys saw this on Twitter. And no. he was leaving a meeting. He said, thank you. I love you, James. I love you. And whoever that, the producer is doing the news. And then who, I love you, the person in charge of WB. He said, good things coming. So I think he had a discussion with James Gunn and everybody about recasting him as Lobo, as the rumors have been. And I think they all were like on board with it. And so that's why he's so happy. But the comments under this thing, I'm telling you guys, I want to get your take on this. They were like, you traitor. <laughs> I will never watch anything. A Justice League that isn't the Snyderverse or something like that. These oh guys are still going. <laughs> it's over. It's yeah. over. Like, what's it going to take for them to... They released your the Snyder cut. Wasn't that your end goal? Now your end goal is like, oh, let's make that all happen. Like, and obviously it didn't work out. You guys didn't go see it when it was in theaters. Right. Or you, if you did... You just realize that you are a smaller group than you actually thought you were. Yep. Standard cut was better, though. Listen, it's going to be fucked up for a while. Like, he said, certainly if you have him come back and play a different character, it's going to be kind of weird. But the thing is, too, just think of it like Fantastic Four when you have Johnny Storm, also he's Captain America. Like, now they're part of the same company, but before that was different timelines and shit. So we got to reset on this guy. I like Jason Momoa, so I'm excited to see him in maybe a role that's more fit for him than Aquaman. Yeah, because then when he goes, <laughs> gotta love redheads, it makes more sense. It makes more sense as Lobo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Badass. <laughs> he basically was Lobo pretending to be Aquaman. So. That's true. Who would you cast? Yeah, oh, they're not going to bring Superman back, they said right now. So, you know. What do you mean? I thought he was one of the first movies out the gate. They said that. They wanted to work with Henry again, but Superman well, I know that. doesn't account for any of their plans right now. Mm, that's a shame. Well, not not Henry Cavill Superman, but they got to bring in Superman. Otherwise, oh yeah, they're doing a younger Superman. That's right. Yeah, right. It's like otherwise they fucking maybe fail. it's Superboy. Then, by the way, they were saying it, it made it seem like they don't want to focus on Superman right away, like to build to him. Which yeah, I feel that's like fine. that's what, I feel like that's what they did before, because he went away. But we'll see. Uh, Corey, uh, tell the people where they can find you. Um, this is hashtag What's your guest host one. Uh, you can find me on uh, I think Twitter somewhere. You know, um, just subscribe to the platinum tier Patreon, and they'll have all my contact info there. Corey's contact uh, is at Disney. At D I S N E Y. It's a weird name, but that's what he picked. Well, yeah, I mean, Bob, Bob, and I will talk, and we'll get that. We'll get that IP changed under my name uh, here shortly, and I'll bring back. Uh, like you can make Tiana's ride, but I will also bring back Splash Mountain and then create Tiana. So, but we'll like retool it so it's, like, it's acceptable. But I'm bringing. Um, that's my first rule as CEO. Uh, this is hashtag guest host one signing off. Stay classy, Disney World. All right, goodbye. There you wow. go. That's Corey. Uh, let's talk about the books coming up this week uh, for the week of. Uh, 123 and 120, excuse me, 124, 125, 123 was yesterday. Uh, here we go. First in the docket, Saga, number 61. Uh, Brian K. Vaughn, Fiona Staples. 
Uh, new story arc, obviously. Kasaga's back. It's time for another epic season of the emotional adventure and shocking surprises for Hazel and her star-crossed family. Uh, no synopsis beyond that. Uh, it just talks about um, uh, Saga as a phenomenon, 20 languages, and even mentions how a recent Taco Bell commercial had a character in cosplay. There you go. I mean, obviously, Saga, I was surprised that we literally just talked about this uh, with our best of series. And it's like, I didn't expect it to be back so soon. So I'm glad to see it. I like, I was looking at this week's polls and I was like, hell yeah, Saga's back. Hasn't it been away already for almost, what, three months, five months now? What, August? Yeah. yeah August? Okay. Sick. I think August. I know, they, I know they're doing their six week or six, what, six issues per year and then take a half year off and restart. So it'll be good. Now, here's my question on that. Would you rather them do every other month or do six months in a row? Six months in a row. That's what I would think, too. I think I'm six months in a row. You know, back in the day, they would have done every other month. But I feel like doing six in a row, that way, like, if you are a trade waiter, it's fair for them to, like, get it the next month rather than waiting a whole year for the same thing. So, uh, Jerkyard Joe, number four. Jeff Johns, Gary Digital. Frank. Digital. Like, Digital. What? The tale of Mad Ghost is continues <laughs> as Danger closes in on Muddy Davis and the robot soldier known only as Joe. But it gets worse when Muddy's young neighbor Emily becomes tangled in a complex web that threatens all of their lives, every single one. A sinister faction is gaining ground to claim Joe for their own, and they won't leave any witnesses. Garrett, what do you think? Uh, Junkyard Joe is amazing, and it takes me back to like. Jeff Johns and Gary Frank really know how to tell a great story. Um, and I, I mean, honestly, I hope everyone's reading this because it's part, it's in the same shared universe as Geiger. Um, but just this character, Muddy Davis and like dealing with Joe and then he's got new neighbors that are, and then there's a group trying to find Joe, you know, cause he was the best soldier back then. Uh, it's just a lot of fun and it's, it kind of gives you like iron giant vibes except for a soldier. Um, so I'm really enjoying the story. And like, obviously Gary Frank art is the best to look at. So I'm, I'm very excited. Does Joe use guns? Uh, he did in the uh, right. He hasn't fought anybody yet, except for the first issue when he was in war. So, and he was, it's using been, guns. he was using guns. Mm, you know, uh, the iron giant does not like guns. So, well, I said it's like the Iron Giant. I'm trying to well, sell comedy. He's made of here. metal and military. He just said right. he's a robot. Respect. <laughs> yeah, he's a fucking robot. It's like Star Wars. He's like a C three PO. He's like a droid. Got it. C three PO. C three PO. It's like the story of C three PO out he's there. He's not an astromech. <laughs> That's awesome. This is C three PO's father mean? is Junkyard Joe. Uh, it was on my list to read for tonight, and then I just. I fell off the face of the world and didn't read it, but oh, to catch oh, up well. with it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, catching up, something I caught up on recently: The Last Ronin, Lost Years Number One. Uh, Kevin Eastman, Tom Waltz, Ben Bishop, and uh, SL Gallant. On um, what are you laughing about? Because you, you like, I just caught you, something else I caught up on, and I'm like, it's the first issue, motherfucker. <laughs> no, I mean something else I caught up on the Last Ronin. When we talked about it a couple months ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. was not concise. <laughs> uh, this looks like... From reading the synopsis... Alex, did you read the synopsis? 
No. It sounds like no. it says it is what happened during the faithful years when he only had a need for vengeance and Mattress Splinter's journal to guide him. So it sounds like this is from when they die to when last run is starts. It's about those years. That who's, is, the, be, who's the creative could, team? Kevin Wilson, Eastman. Yeah. Oh, good, good. I'm glad. The art though looks like it's somebody else's time. I'm not, I can't confirm that, but um, I was looking at it. I was like, hey, this looks a little bit different. I actually like how it looks. It looks very uh, like painted <laughs> for some reason. Um, but uh, this wasn't on my radar. I didn't even see this on there until you mentioned that, Alex. Uh, same similar to uh, Garrett. Uh, and I looked at the preview and it looks pretty good. I, I so I'm not a huge. I, I enjoyed the last Ronin. I am obviously wanting to get uh, all the TMNT stuff I possibly can. That's why when I go to Rainbow, I buy all the issues. Not all the issues, but one of every cover if they have it. Uh, I am excited for this, but I'm also... I do get a little weary when it comes in between the when the brothers died and then before Last Ronin. How much story can you really tell when his whole mission is to get to the Last Ronin book itself and to go kill... Well, he spent some time in Japan, and he was like roaming. He basically was a roaming samurai. I think that might be a good story. Yeah, sure. He's going to walk the earth. Of all the turtles, I mean, the only one that was ever samurai-esque was Leo. Maybe Donnie. No. Let me ask you a question. If it came down to it, and they they all were like, Master Splinter goes fucking nuts. He brings out a fucking Uzi, and he's like... (laughs) It's <laughs> like you four are gonna fight to the death, or I'll kill you all. You when when you get to survive, and they came out to scraps, and they just went at it. Who comes up on top? No weapons. Leo. You think Leo's got it? I think Leo has got it you, because he. Well, you're right. If we're going by no weapons, because we got what do we I, got? We got smarts. We got aggression in uh, and and Ralph. Uh, anger, we'll say. Uh, and Mikey, we got, he could maybe, you know, be like a Spider-Man and make you confused and play some games. Uh, or you got Leo over there who just has the will. But see, Leo's, Leo is a master strategist. Raph would be like berserker rage. Donnie, no. Donnie would not win that fight. Mikey would probably be the first to go because he'd probably annoy Raph and Raph would kill him first. Then he'd end up going to fight uh, Donnie. But then Raph would be so tired after fighting that Leo then would kill him. So I'm still going to stick with Leo. You think Leo would be the... I think Leonardo would be the winner. I think even without weapons, strategically, he would still come out on top. He spends more time fighting, more not more time fighting, more time being um, more disciplined with his fight and to watch... Rage take over Raph would just be enough to he he'd take he'd wipe the floor with them. So Leo, the correct answer, Alex, is they wouldn't fight each other, and Splinter would kill them all with the newsie. I actually I didn't think to ask enough questions. You didn't once again. You gotta ask questions. And the last Ronin, he's willing to kill every single person because they touched his his uh, (laughs) brothers. Kill them. They took his chuck, so he has to kill them all. And so, how does he not? How do they all of a sudden turn on each other because Splinter has an Uzi? <laughs> That's a better question. <laughs> can it, can an Uzi bullet go through a turtle shell? Yes, the world may <clears throat> never know. I guess it depends. If you watch the Michael Bay thing movies, uh, they're bulletproof, which is bullshit. 
<laughs> I mean, those movies are bullshit to begin with. Anyway, turtles whoa, whoa, whoa. That more, more muscle. What do you mean? Four turtles that look nothing the same? You, you're shitting yeah. me. I'm saying when Shrek and that random turtle he found on the street <laughs> had some sex together, that's what they made. That poor turtle. Oh, She's dead. That's so good. <clears throat> what are the chances four random species of turtles are all in the same place like that? Very not likely. <laughs> especially, <laughs> especially to be radioactively turned into ninja turtles. No, there's no, there's no possible way. There's like a school of four different. Alex, what turtles. what four do we have there in that movie? Well, I, that movie that, that movie is hard to tell. But when you want, when you do the rise of the TMNT, there's a red-eared slider, a snapping turtle, a box turtle, and a soft-shell turtle. To be fair, they're all pets that got purchased, and that's why they're all yeah. together. Who the fuck is buying a snapping turtle? Raph. In that movie, in that TV show, Raph is a snapping turtle. Which is I'm saying who would buy one? Raph is because he's an angry motherfucker. But why? Who would buy it? Some fucked up kid, probably. Hey, this is cute. So rip off your finger. Because is that the mythology? Is that the kid and the turtle become one, or the kids turn into turtles? No. Well, in the in that cartoon, they are taken by a magic wielding person who wanted to use this mutagen that he had, and he put it on the turtles. But the turtles had touched at this time uh, Yoshi, which is Splinter, and that's why they became human. Much like in the original 1987 cartoon. What's the comic book accurate origin? Same premises, except for that Splinter is already a rat. The mutagen fell down. It's actually the same mutagen that turned Daredevil into Daredevil. And okay, so, so but so why do they become so? Okay, now nah, this is all spinning the Earth on its axis. So these turtles get mixed with radioactive goo. And then they have teenage behavior. But, but the, so they. They're baby and the turtles. The story is that the, the last thing they did is they touched a human. The last per, last creature they had contact with was a person. And that's why they started to become human. Same with why the rat, Splinter, became a human. He was the pet to Yoshi. Like when you watch the first movie, hmm. they're, they're animals. But this is the show. Yeah. Well, which one are we talking about now? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know. It's all fucked there up. There you go. Anything you want, Team T is at RainbowComicsCards.com. As Alex stated, he is first dibs, but if you want to get second dibs, that's RainbowComicsCards.com. Store in Lincoln, Nebraska, and Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Lincoln, Nebraska is a free game for you, Alex, right? You know what? If they bring something up to me, I'll buy it. All right. Uh, Team T, that's what he likes. Uh, as you just uh, heard, he what, ver- what version you want to hear about, he says, and he'll tell you all about them. Uh, Alex, what about the weather? Uh, today, not bad outside. This is the first week in five weeks we haven't had any sort of snow event. Well, so no jinx it, man. It's coming. Uh, hey, it's already. I know it's coming, but since before Christmas, no, since like the 9th of December, we've had snow. Six inches one week, blizzard, rainy shit, another blizzard of 24 inches. You know what? Mother Nature said, hey, guys, take a break on me. Next week, freeze your balls off. Yeah, so. the week I'm coming back, too. Jeez. You're welcome, Garrett. Make sure oh, welcome to your shithole. There you go. <laughs> cold, cold all over. It's like Jack Frost nipping on your nips. Um, 
here we go. The uh, book club again. Wednesday Comics League of Extraordinary Gentle People proudly presents uh, Secret Invasion number seven, I believe, uh, by Brian Michael Bennis, Little Francis Yu. Uh, in this issue, um, we've reached the climax of all heroes and not so much heroes uh, meeting each other on the battlefield, uh, and we get uh, a very uh, loud Avengers assemble from Mr. Tony Stark, even though he is recovering and he should be watching his voice. Um, what did you that guys was pretty badass. Think of this issue. I, I loved it. I, I mean, it's not. I don't think it was as good as last issue, but there were certain moments like uh, Tony like rolling off what's going on to like ride Avengers assemble. Like that was so fucking cool. I love that. Um, Nick Fury and the Young Avengers. That I think actually stole the show for me though. Out of everything, like their beat and then Thor showing up also was cool. Uh, and the Secret mm-hmm. Warriors are one of my favorite things. So, like, to see them in the main story like this is uh, um, a joy. What were you going to say, Alex? I think Thor showing up is the big, my biggest excitement for this. And when uh, someone questions whether or not he is legitimate, and Richards goes, yeah, he's he's goddamn legit. And then they all turn around to go fight. It was, it was really good. Um, but I agree. Last issue was stronger. I don't there was a sentence that I didn't understand from Osborne in this one where he's telling Venom, kill the scrolls, and the scrolls are all that's important. And then when Venom says, but I think Spider-Man's right, and Osborne says, kill the scroll. So now I'm confused. Is it, I must be missing something. That oh, yeah, you are. You cool. are. There must sentence. be like a mini series or something. Uh, no, 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 no. In the. Because you guys are reading on Hoopla, right? And I'm reading yeah. on Marvel Unlimited. I it it shows the full sentence there. It says Spider Man's right there. Is what he says. Oh. When he's like, stay on target, and he's like, "Well, Spider Man's right there." I oh, I know. I did see that. That he was like, Venom wants Spider Man. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Their, their whole always... dialogue, though. Their whole dialogue doesn't make sense unless there's like another story going on or something. Yeah, there is. So. There is, and it kind of leads to being. It's in the background right now, and it comes to the forefront at the end of this thing. So I'm not sure if they'll explain more what's going on or not, or if you actually have to go back and read that. But in Thunderbolts, but um, uh, this Venom is always got a taste for the spider. No matter what's mm. going on, even in an invasion, he still says, "Hey, can we get a snack?" <laughs> we get a snack. Okay, that makes more sense because I was confused why Venom's talking about Spider-Man and that he's right. It's that Spider-Man is right there. And he wants to go get him. Got yeah, it. Yeah, he wants to lick a little sweater. You know what I mean? Of course. Gosh. Every time Spider-Man spoke in this book, I hated it. Yeah, he's there, annoying as shit. There is something about how Bendis writes this particular Spider-Man. Again, I know it's, he knows how to write all those No, no, no. It, it is. Well, I guess that's Peter Parker. But I was going to say, it's Peter Parker that I don't like the way he writes him. And I think that's where my uh, hate for Peter Parker comes from is this fucking guy right here. Like, this is about the time or maybe a little bit after or before, I mean, they had the brain trust for Spider-Man in which there was like Mark Waid, Joe Kelly, and they were running through multiple people. Dan Slott was one of them. And it was always good because they all had a consistent Spider-Man, and but he was never annoying. I think, I think once you write him... And you try to write him as that jokey character versus as like, um, just you know writing a full complete picture of this guy. I think like then, really the worst jokes because they think I think they think he has to be quippy but not funny. You know what I mean? Like he's just saying shit. Uh, 
but none of it's ever funny. <laughs> and he's never. And the thing is, like most of the time, it's he's just talking to somebody, and they're still a quip, they're still a joke, and it makes no sense, no logic to why it happens in just normal conversation. I'm like, come on, seriously? He knows how to talk to people. He's not a wallflower. So I agree with you guys. That was the worst part. He's only in two scenes, I believe, but no, two panels, not even. Um, but they both. Were, I was gonna say he <laughs> talked to both of them, and they both were horrible jokes. He even says one. He was like, "That wasn't even that great of a joke." That's like, I understand. Like, then, yeah. Then why even tell it, dude? And also, some people lean hard into that. I think. Um, but it, it, I think this issue, if we're talking about it, it's issue seven out of nine, right? I think it's six of eight. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I think we're on six, and I think it's eight issues. Oh, okay. I thought we were on seven. Maybe not. Uh. Oh, no, I saw seven coming up. But it is like the, we're obviously at close, actually, that is the climax. Is the main point of the story or the part where everything's going to finally go down is this battle. And I think that two of the two page spreads, Leno French's you, are, I think are fantastic. Like, it, if anything, this is the kind of event you kind of want. You kind of want something that is like automatic to read. It's not hard to read, A. Uh, there's cool scenes and there's cool scenes throughout, uh, and it's a very basic story innovation. So, I think in terms of like if we're gonna say of like all the all these like event and blockbuster comics that we've ever read, um, I think it's up there one one of the top events. That's good. I mean, I have enjoyed it. It does make me. I realize if you have read all of the all new Avengers and you have started from issue one and gotten to this point where the Jessica Drew change or big swap is you know, very impressive and very uh, debilitating, but they keep talking about how they're surprised. I'm like, yeah, but I've known this for 10 years now. So it's not a surprise when they keep talking about it and that they're upset about it. As for me, it's just everyday conversation now. But it is good. It does make me want to go back and read some of these more big blockbuster Marvel stuff. Word. <laughs> Words, uh, Tony Stark's mother. So there you go. Um, and She's it is, dead. And it is uh, R.I.P. And it is <laughs> good that uh, he yells Avengers Assemble because that's all I wanted for those movies. And he fucking whispered it. So I do. That's my biggest gripe with uh, Endgame is that Chris Evans whispered that shit. It's supposed to be a yell, an exclamation. I think they were trying to subvert like, expectations on that one to be like, he's not going to uh, yell it. You, you're expecting him to yell it, so he's not going to yell it. But it's like, but I've waited how long for this? Yeah, one more effing time. Please tell me to subvert expectations. Like, I think the only thing is I imagine that everyone is like tuned in with their ears, so he doesn't have to shout it outside of making everyone deaf. That's but dumb. I agree. I agree that the whole intention should have been he lifts the hammer up, shouts it out, Thanos goes and has a craps his pants. You know if he would have let if he would have let anybody else, he'd be like, You take this. They would have yelled it. Like yeah. Thor's yelling it, Black Panther's yelling it, nobody's whispering it. Yeah, the whisper is just dumb because like I wanted someone like Thor to be like, What? <laughs> What'd you say? There you go, but go back and watch that movie. It's classic. Uh, um, it, I do like the movie. It made it sound like I was making fun of it, but I'm not. Um, Newborn. Newburn. Newburn. Number uh, one through eight, the first volume uh, by 
Chip Zdarsky. <laughs> and, I can't uh, wait for us to actually meet Chip one day as Supercon, and hopefully he'll have heard some of our shows, and for him to go, Marvin, you're a fucking piece of shit. No, I want him to go, Marvin! You're right. <laughs> we'll have to meet him before uh, meet him before Marvin does, and be like, hey, you gotta introduce <laughs> you, yourself to him like this. Uh, and Jacob Phillips, our boy from uh, That Texas Blood, who we actually gushed a lot about this year. Um, actually, last month. If you want to go back and check that out. Uh, eight issues uh, is one trade, uh, which actually is a lot um, for a trade these days. So I was surprised that it was the first eight. For some reason in my head, I was like, oh, maybe they made two of the four. And then when you, I think one of you two was like one through eight. And I was like, oh, shit, it is eight. Um, New it's Bruins. been like forever since the issue came out, though. It has been a long time. August, um, I think. That is ridiculous. Like when you talked about bringing it up i was like man i've read every issue and i'm like where's that been so that's what i will get to that right now then i was gonna bring back i was like i looked i was like same thing i was like where the fuck is i looked up at number nine and i saw an announcement where they said hey this will be back in um uh later this fall that was last year and it's now january and it's not out yet so i don't know what happened to it if they just decided they're not working on it anymore or what but I guess in a way, like these eight are pretty complete. Like if this was the only thing of it, you'd be like, oh, "Okay." It doesn't really I think tell. The thing is that go ahead. I I read issue one a long time ago, and I have obviously been building up a tower of books. I read two through eight last night, and this book is so well done. It is almost like anthology wise of New Burns run where every issue uh, does tie into itself. All the characters know who each other are, and the same story progresses to an extent. But to know that in every issue, he solves a murder or fucks someone else over. Um, I can tell you what, Jacob's art is... Or Philip... Yeah, Jacob Phillips. No, you had it right. I was right, okay. The art is so phenomenal, and to see, honestly, the difference between... um, that Texas Blood and this book, mind-blowing. Had I read this book in 2022, I'm pretty sure I would have had to put both these people on my list of writers and artists because it was phenomenal. Couldn't stop reading it. it. It was Yeah, it is fantastic. Like As I was saying, like, it really does kind of – there obviously is more you can dig into if you make more issues, which I'm hoping for. Uh, I'm not saying I'm making a case for it to end at eight, but I'm saying if it does end there, like as Alex said, there's enough stories here. Like you get to know the character through the work that he does, which makes sense because that's what he's devoted to is that work. And you get to know him that way. Meanwhile, we kind of get to know uh, his sidekick. What was her name? Yeah. And it's like, and the story kind of goes like it, it'll go back in her past until that kind of story with her and Mr. Stanley, uh, Stanley. Yeah. Um, Sydney, Sydney and <laughs> Stuart. Uh, and, and then like, but new Burn, it's like, you get to know him through his work. And when we get to the end of this eight, like the beginning, it was like, man, this guy's fucking good at his job. And then somewhere along the middle, you're like, this guy only wants to do good stuff. Like, that's why he may have been, gone over and helping the mob but he's doing it really for the right reasons and then when you get to the last two issues it kind of almost is like oh yeah but he also is not 100% a good guy 
like when he goes and I don't know if they're probably going to kill that guy who told on his on his uh, assistant there, not assistant, but his partner, and turned him in. It's kind of like this guy will do whatever he needs to do. Like he's no better than them. <clears throat> my my favorite issue of this run is issue five. Whatever one he goes to jail in was my favorite. I think it was five, yeah. Because I, I looked at the cover and I thought, oh, what's going on? We find out he went, got put in jail. And you're like, how the hell does this happen? I just read number four. And then they give you the little background that he had a tie-in with the DA. And he pulled some strings to get him put on for murder that eventually would get washed away. Blah, 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 blah. And to find out he put himself in there just to take down that guy who works for the Salon, Salanos? Mm-hmm. It's Jeez, uh, this book is so well done. And it's not over, like it's not overdone. I, There's it, enough to make it good. I will say this: I do like the way that Chip writes uh, Newburn. It's just like a lot of days, a lot of times now, when you read a story or watch a movie or anything that has to do with a character who seemingly has all his ducks in her own, like always knows what to do. Usually, the movie revolves around he knows how to do that, and so like shit will happen. We're like, well, look. Of course, like that's luck. A lot of it's luck, or a lot of it is like, as uh, Garrett knows, a lot of these MacGuffins kind of like um, that would be like, oh, not MacGuffins. What am I talking about? Uh, Deus Ex Machina, where they also like, oh, something helps them. But Newburn, when you have a character written like this, it's very hard to write a character who has like is smart and uses that to his advantage and make the story kind of weave around that. So when he went to that jail and he was, they had it all set up. He was like, yeah. He, they they placed that murder on him, but now they have new evidence, and so it's gonna wash away. But he did that to get in there, so it all looked legit, no matter who the fuck was looking, and especially for this guy, like get him in there. You know, he's going in there, rogue agent, and he's he's so confident of what he does. He knows he's gonna. It's never a question he's gonna get out. He just knows he has to go in. Yeah, I would hope. Uh... I doubt they'll do this, but maybe someday it'd be cool to see him like in his earlier days. Cause like he's an older guy. Um, but no, I think the book's been great. Um, it's fun seeing like, you know, we always love a good detective story, but seeing it from like the criminal side, as opposed to seeing it from the police force side, it's a cool perspective, uh, to get more into this, uh, into criminal, like the criminal aspect. So no, it's, it's a lot of fun, and yeah, I, I'm just like again in shock that it's like taken so long for this to come back out. So I'll be I didn't see anxiously anything. awaiting for it. I'll find uh, Chip on Twitter and ask him what's the dealio. Worst number yeah. nine, uh, and not a, not a mean way. I'll be, I'm just I'm curious, you know. Like I said, it could end at eight. Be a shame because as Alex stated, the art's fantastic, the writing's fantastic. Like even if they were to be like, hey, yeah, one new new version volumes coming out a year, good enough. You know, that's like. But I think it'd be a shame to stop the story where it is. Because just I feel well, like we're still meat on the bone. Well, that's what's so interesting about this book is that he works for all the crime families. Mob, Yakuza, whomever. Um, like there's the Russian episode or the Russian issue where he is helping everyone trying to find out who's killing their people. And the whole time he already has the answer. He knows it's the Russian guy. He just needs to prove it. And so when he gets to the house and he had the Japanese Yakuza guy follow him and hear all the the confession and then shoots him in the head anyway. 
this this book is so well written. I, I yeah, I need more. This is like when we had Criminal coming out, and then it stopped. Uh, I need more of this, and this realm is fantastic. It's almost like an it. It's almost like Criminal mixed with GCPD in a way, and I think that in a good way. Like as Garrett stated, like this person, like is I don't think you also said that, Alex, but like he's weaving between everybody. And so it's interesting to see a person who really, I mean, they kind of said it and we'll have to, like, if there's more, we'll have to see if that rings true or not. But he really says that like, he just wants justice no matter what, who it's for. Like he's out there just solving crimes. And I think in a way having him be neutral like that, but for justice is a story that's not told that much. Cause more often you're going to get an anti-hero or a hero. This guy's just a force. Like he's going in there solving this shit. He has, no feelings one way or another. He's going to just tell you the truth and you figure out what the fuck's going to happen. But well, even he throws civilians under the bus. There's that other issue where he had the, um, who did they kill? Two people killed some of the Solanos or they worked for Solanos or what have you. And he meets them at their AA meeting or whatever it had been. And he then told the other people, yeah, this is the people who fucked you over. So, they close the door and he tells them, like, yeah, we got to leave before the scene happens. So we have deniability and we can't be tied to it. Um, That's what I mean. He's not, he's not a good guy or a bad guy. He's very neutral and he follows justice. He's very much like uh, the Spectre. Spectre. Yeah. The Spectre of New Bern City. No. All things need to be balanced. Isn't it made the city? Hey, Alex, you think this takes place in New Donk City? No, it does not. Jeez. What if it did? You just saw Mario one time and jumping across the roofs. So like, damn, shit is dangerous down there. Stay up there, Mario. Damn, what are you doing over here, bro? There we go. New burn, Mike. <laughs> Sadarsky and uh, Mr. Jacob Phillips. Uh, I, 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 New Dog City is such a funny phrase to me that all day I kept because uh, my kids were playing Mario and I was like. I was like, this is so weird. It's just called New Donk City. Like, where did the fuck's that Donk? And I obviously that Donk is like kind of like Donkey Kong. But where does that come from? New Donk City. And it looks <laughs> like in the movie they're going to have New Donk City, Mario. And so I just kept walking around and I would stop and stare at whoever was next to me and be like, are you, not, are you New Donk City? And they were like, <laughs> no. And I was like, hmm, looking for New Donk City. Are you a Donk? <laughs> That's going to be my new superhero name, New Donk City. Uh, Wednesday, WednesdayComics.com. Go to subscribe to the show. Go to WednesdayComics.com. I said just stated a moment ago. And you can also click on the link to go to the merch page. Uh, you can call 605-215-1849. Or go to WednesdayComics.com. Click on the message button. Send us a voicemail also. Uh, make sure to visit our sponsors. Rainbow. Comicsandcards.com. Rainbow. Comicsandcards.com. And go to Roots of the Swamp Thing. Dot com for more information about the Avatar of the Green. Uh, the Green Hell is coming back here soon. Um, Alex, do you know when? Uh, I just... It, yeah. just was, it was just solicited, right? I thought it was February. I thought I had seen it once. I think February has one. There you go. I, I think you're right. I think it is like towards the end of February. So, well, you know, that spring is uh, a rising. The Swampy will be back. So, um, where was I? Oh, yeah, RootsOfTheSwampThing.com for more information in there. Um, ba, 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 ba. Find us on Twitter, at Wednesday Comics, at Garot2188, and at the AP Keaton. 
And as Corey stated before, he's at Disney. Um, but it's spelled different. It's spelled K O R E Y W A L Z, I think. Uh, that's that's how you spell Disney in this language. <laughs> Navi. Um anything else? That's it, that's it. That's it, my dude. Some good comics tonight. I feel like both of them flew by when you read them. Uh one new burn for being so damn interesting. And the uh, Secret Invasion for having an action pack issue that really gets you invested for the next one. There's some good shit out there. Yeah. And go ahead. No, I said yeah. I agree. If you could be any turtle, what kind of turtle would you be? Um, not fucking Donatello. <laughs> <laughs> I get your. I think question, it's being species. I would. I'd probably be a false map turtle. So I don't because that's, that's what a false mouth turtle. Map, M-A-P, because their shell looks like a map, but it's not a map. Mm, false map. Alex, yes. what do you think? Oh, I'd probably be a snapping turtle. Yeah, but not fucking Donatello, right? <laughs> yeah, but not fucking Donatello. <laughs> I would be, uh, they're just called sea turtles? Yep. Yeah, you know why? Got a big hand to bitch slap you with, that's why. Because <laughs> he's not fucking Donatello. We get Which it. The, Donatello the, sucks. The, the, the irony would be for you, Marvin, that you would be afraid of the water. You know what? Oh, that I picked I, the turtle. Uh, that I, okay, I'm a, you know what? You're right. I'm a tortoise. I'm, that's nothing turtle related. I understand that. I don't need a. I don't need a, <laughs> a lesson on that. Anybody? I'm just saying they're very closely alike. I will be the tortoise. Mm. Because he's that's you know, a land dweller. I uh, I once went to a uh, GameStop and there was a clearance section, and there was one turtle toy left. And guess what it was? A fucking Donatello. Because nobody likes it. <laughs> God damn it! Donatello <laughs> really. If Donatello really existed, he'd come by and stick that stick up your ass. You'd like, be his new uh, his new doll, not doll. <laughs> Dummy. Well, fucking four oh, eyes can come get it. Ventriloquist. <laughs> <laughs> I got. I'll have Raphael and Leonardo whip him up a fucking salad, and he can get the fuck out. Fucking <laughs> 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 salad. Uh, for Wednesday comics, I am the sea turtle, Marvin. <laughs> I am the snapping turtle, Alex. I am the false map turtle who hates Donatello, Garrett. Hey, everyone, uh, keep your turtles straight and keep turning those pages. (laughs) 